bond yields continue to move lower all around the world, in some places quite aggressively. Now, the easiest way to interpret that is flight to safety, high demand for liquidity. And flight to safety, high demand for liquidity, those are not signs of a healthy situation. In fact, they're pretty solid signals of an unhealthy set of circumstances. But what do we mean when we say unhealthy? What exactly does that entail? So today we're going to go through some more of these symptoms, including bond market yields, but also some signs from within the banking system itself, the global euro dollar. We're going to take it the we're going to take a look at the euro dollar as a doctor might when diagnosing a patient. We'll look at all of the symptoms and see if we can't put together some form of understanding about what this unhealthy situation entails and what the prognosis might be, not just for the monetary system or banks, but for the over overall global economy. And it begins with interest rates, bond yields. Lower rates are never a good sign. No matter what you hear across the mainstream, when rates go down, bad things happen, including when the Federal Reserve or the ECB or whatever central bank recognizes the bad things and starts cutting rates. It's not stimulus. It's a recognition that an unhealthy situation has become a dangerously unhealthy situation. That's number one. And we already see that again, bond yields have moved aggressively lower over the last couple months. As I'm speaking to you right now, the 10-year U.S. Treasury was 3.82%. And just remember, the current Federal Reserve RRP is at 530. And here the 10-year Treasury is down around 380, 150 basis points lower. That's an unhealthy amount of degree, an unhealthy amount of demand for safety and liquidity. The two-year rate is down into the 420s, the lower 420s. That's the lowest it has been since May. That's not a good sign either. Again, signals of an unhealthy situation, unhealthy degree of demand for safety and liquidity. And as bad as it is in U.S. Treasuries, it's even worse in Europe. German rates, German 10-year, 189. That's down sharply today. It's been down sharply since early October. That's way below the ECB's MRO, which is the short-term yield or the target for short-term rates of 4.5%, way below it. The two-year German is down to 238. So again, interest rates have made an aggressive move lower, which again, the easiest interpretation is flight to safety, high demand for liquidity, signals of an unhealthy situation. Let's go even further. With the U.S. banking system in particular, we have statistics from the Federal Reserve, the H8 numbers, which tell us what banks are doing in a sort of big picture sense. And what banks have been doing is, as I've talked about before, they're building up a large cash cushion. We've seen in the first two weeks of December, banks' cash position in the aggregate has increased by $30 billion just in the first half of December. That's back near the high where it had reached in the middle of November. And they've been building up this cash cushion ever since the early part of August, consistent with a whole lot of these other signals. Lending, lending has actually contracted the first two, week in, first two weeks in December's, renewing a downturn. You can see really over the last couple of months, bank lending has begun to roll over and potentially move downward again, like it had back in March and April. Only this time, you'll recall, we don't have bank failures that might more easily explain what banks are up to in restricting credit. And in restricting credit, banks in the United States are now restricting credit in, in particular to consumers. Consumer credit is down as well. 
And that's a sign, a cyclical sign that banks are really tighten up, tightening down the screws, getting themselves ready for something. They're becoming more, more assertive and more aggressive in their defensive measures. Higher cash balance, loan restrictions, those are signs of defensive posture. And then just to emphasize that point, in the first two weeks of December, what have banks been buying? Well, they haven't been lending and they've been building cash. They've also been buying a whole lot of U.S. Treasury securities. In the first two weeks of December alone, $65 billion increase in treasuries. But what about banks around the rest of the world? Because interest rates are not strictly, treasuries in particular, are not strictly about the U.S. system or the U.S. economy. This is a Eurodollar system. It's a, it's a means global reserve currency, which applies to banks all over the system. And it means that if there's problems in one area, it's likely to lead to issues in another. So if we see an aggressive move in interest rates in, say, Germany, might that highlight some problems specifically with German banks, maybe German European collateral, that could then spread throughout the global system? Again, signs of unhealthy behavior here. And what we do, we do have some, some limited data sources which look into the Eurodollar system, or at least look around the Eurodollar system, that give us some idea of how things might be performing in it. And one of those sources is something called TIC, or Treasury International Capital. This is a long data series that goes back to 1934, where the Treasury Department asked U.S. banks to report to them on a whole bunch of information. I Actually, I think the reports go to Federal Reserve Bank of New York. But either way, the government says, give us some information on your cross-border activity, what you're doing with foreigners. So what has the tick data been saying this year? Well, the, the part of the tick data that most people uh, recognize, or maybe they've heard of, is the, the top level stuff, the headline stuff, which is how much US dollar assets foreigners have been buying or selling in, in any particular month. So they buy U.S. Treasuries, that's primarily what they're interested in. They sell U.S. Treasuries and the tick data, that's what usually gets reported in the mainstream media. But what you see is that even when it does get reported and does make it into the public consciousness, most people get that wrong too. They have this idea, which is put there by a specific group of people who have an agenda, that when foreigners are selling treasuries because they hate the United States, they hate the government, they hate Trump, they hate Biden, they hate something about America, they want to ditch the dollar. It's a sign of dollar doom. When in fact you see foreigners selling treasuries in particular, or just U.S. dollar assets in general, that's a clear sign of an unhealthy dollar situation in terms of a dollar availability, a dollar shortage. I just talked about this recently, short versus shortage. When you see foreigners selling their treasuries, whether it be officials or in extreme cases, private foreigners, that's a sign of an unhealthy dollar situation where there's likely to be a shortfall of dollar funding out there in the euro dollar system that causes various foreign actors to have to respond to it. Sometimes they have to sell the reserve assets in order to raise liquid dollar balances to either get themselves out of dollar funding arrangements that they couldn't otherwise, or to subsidize the behavior of other financials in the system as they're experiencing trouble with this dollar shortage. So selling treasuries by foreigners, that's a clear sign, a clear sign of a clear and unhealthy sign of a dollar shortage. What the tick data has shown really since the month of June is a rising issue here. 
So you had a big nominal increase in 2021, consistent with the economy being restarted, the, nom the, the upside of the supply shocks. So you got lots of dollars flowing through the world, both in, in a financial sense, as well as in a trade and merchandise sense. Again, you don't need merchandise deficits in the United States to get dollars outside the rest of the world. That is one way they can go out there, as I talked about in that dollar shortage video. But that's that's not the only way that it happens. The euro dollar system creates dollars as necessary when it is functioning. That's what we're really getting into. When it's not functioning the way it should, we see these symptoms of a dollar shortage. And so we saw lots of foreigners buy lots of U.S. dollar assets, including U.S. treasuries, up until around June of this year. Because there were, for a couple of years there, lots of money flowing through the system, lots of credit flowing through the system. But then around June, the amount of treasuries and U.S. dollar assets that foreigners were buying sort of fell off a cliff there. September and October, where you can see things really fell off sharply. In September, the net transactions, the net balance was actually flat, which is an unusual sign. And then in October, the latest data that we have, it contracted net selling of 15.6 billion, which is an exceptionally rare thing. We don't see foreigners actually have to outright sell, except during periods where we all we see other signs and other symptoms of a of increasingly severe dollar problem. So September, October, it looks like in the tick data, exactly what we've been talking about in all of these other esoteric signals, like swap spreads and a number of other things. September and October, it appears like something changed. And the tick data here is backing up that, that feeling that the dollar system may have experienced a more of an unhealthy situation in September and October than it had been up until that point. And there's more tick data to go. And we can spend a whole lot of time going through a lot of the data, but I'll just keep it to one other additional data source here, which is something called resales. Resales are nothing other than the opposite end of repo. If repo is me borrowing cash from you on a collateralized basis, a resale is you lending cash to me on a collateralized basis. So resales are just repurchase agreements from the opposite perspective. Sometimes it's called reverse repo, but in the tick data, they're resales. Essentially, this is where U.S. banks are lending cash on a collateralized basis to banks and other non-banks on the outside of the United States. Now, what you see over the last really decade, going back to 2009, 2010, the post-crisis era, what you first of all see is that there is a really solid correlation between U.S. Treasury rates and the behavior of nominal yields and the level of resales between U.S. banks and foreign counterparties of all types. So if you go back to 2000, 2010, 2011, what you see is that resales are rising during that period, which was consistent with the, I mean, we had all sorts of repo problems related to what was called the European sovereign debt crisis, which was really nothing more than euro dollar number two. So as U.S. Treasury yields and other bond yields around the world are falling, the level of resales from U.S. banks were rising. And then into 2012 into 2013, you see the opposite, which was a reflationary period. U.S. Treasury yields go back up, including the taper celebration. It wasn't a taper tantrum in 2013 as resales are declining. 
And then in euro dollar number three, you see maybe the tightest correlation of the entire period where resales again are rising. And just to note, I'm showing you on these charts where resales are, the scale is inverted. So they match with treasury yields. So when you see the resale level go down, that actually means it's going up in dollar balances and the balances that are being uh, issued around the rest of the world. Throughout 2014, 15 and into 2016, rising level of resales, US dollar or US banks funding in US dollar collateralized terms to counterparties around the rest of the world as interest rates are declining. And as interest rates are declining when they were not supposed to be declining, remember that too. And then 2017, globally synchronized growth. Now we see a little bit of a difference here where yes, resales, especially in late 2018, start to go up sharply, but uh, bond yields didn't react until 2018. And the reason there's less of a correlation before what I call the landmine in late 2018 is because that's the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve is starting to hike rates. But then again, late 2018, especially October and November, sharp increase in US dollar resales from US banks, suddenly bond yields start to go down when they shouldn't have been going down according to pretty much everyone. Uh, that kept up all the way until March of 2020, rates going down, resales surging, got to as high as 1.3 trillion. Then resales were kind of flat, again, as more dollars were floating around the world through the nominal economy, being restarted after the supply shock or because of the supply shock after the pandemic. So resales are basically flat. Interest rates are basically flat too. And then the Fed aggressively starts this rate hiking campaign, which pushes rates up that have nothing to do with the level of resales. But what you do see is that in October of last year, suddenly US bank resales start to rise again. And that's right when we see yield curve behavior change. Now rates didn't go aggressively lower in October of 2022, November 2022, but yield curves became more and more inverted, which was the yield curve's way of saying something is not right here. So as the yield curve is more and more inverted, fighting back against Fed and ECB and other central bank rate hikes, we see the level of resales start to really rise. And I mean, really aggressively rise here. But then again, September and in October, a surge of 78 billion in September and 107.6 billion in October. So the question is, what are these resales actually telling us? Why would they tie and correlate so closely with the behavior in bond markets? And the answer is, the easy short answer is that US banks are acting as sort of the lender of last resort in the Eurodollar system. When funding conditions get difficult out there in the Eurodollar system, inside the black hole, in places that we don't monitor, we don't, we don't keep tabs on, when that, when that happens, when funding becomes more difficult, counter banks, non-banks, anybody, they look for any source of funding that they can get just to stay in business. And one of the last resorts is to, to, to knock on the door of a U.S. bank and say, hey, I might have the ability to get some collateral or maybe borrow it from you to do a repo transaction. Can I borrow funds from you? I don't really want to because it's likely the more expensive option, but I don't really have many other options. So I'm going to borrow some funds on a collateralized basis from a U.S. bank because I can't get it from anywhere else in the black hole. That's largely how we interpret both the behavior of interest rates as well as the rising level of resales, a lender of last resort sort of behavior over the last 15 years, 14 years or so since the breakdown in 2008. So resales go up, interest rates go down, flight to safety as well as demand for collateral in order to engage in the resale operations. 
That's how we interpret. Again, those are not signs of a healthy situation. Huge surge in resales, especially recently, this year, September and October, in addition to foreigners now selling U.S. Treasuries, leading up to what has been a sharp downturn in interest rates around the world. So what does any of this actually mean? I mean, the most common criticism I get is, hey, none of this really matters. Stocks are almost at a record high. The U.S. economy seems to be holding up really well. I mean, it just put up a 5% GDP quarter not that long ago. None of this stuff actually matters. At least it doesn't seem to. We've been talking about this. I've been talking about this for how long now? And everything seems to be a-okay. But that's what we're saying here. As I said at the introduction, what we're trying to do is diagnose a patient that is exhibiting more and more signs of unhealthy behavior. There's something going wrong internally that we don't quite know what it is, nor do we quite know exactly what it means. And in, this, in looking at some of these symptoms, we're at the stage where we're thinking, we might need to have you come into the office to do some more tests, maybe to adjust your medication. Because the symptoms that you're displaying, Mr. Eurodollar System, are those that are consistent with longer run issues. Not necessarily saying you're gonna drop dead tomorrow. I'm not saying you've got stage four cancer. What we're saying is that you're at risk of something developing that could become something that needs you, requires hospitalization that really takes you out or takes you down another level. That's what we're saying here. But the system is displaying symptoms that are, that are correlated with unhealthy possibilities inside the Eurodollar body. And we'd really like more information. And the, even the Fed is saying, hey, maybe you need to come in and see your doctor. Maybe we, are, maybe we need to embrace these lower rates because we're a little bit nervous about how things are going too. Even when you're seriously ill, it doesn't mean that you display those symptoms in obvious fashion. You might have an aggressive disease, you might have just a chronic disease, something that will slow you down and cause issues, serious issues, that rob you of your vitality, or maybe something worse. So when we talk about symptoms of an unhealthy situation, we're not saying banks are gonna to fail tomorrow, we're saying that the possibility of worse outcomes has gone way up because something is not right. And it's not just one thing or another, bond yields going down, tick data, and all sorts of other behaviors. The Eurodollar system is not well. It's not in a good way. It is not exhibiting healthy behavior. Now, what exactly that means, we don't know just yet. But if I was the doctor, I would be saying, you need to come in tomorrow because we need to run some more tests. That's where we are. That's what bond yields are saying. That's what the data is all saying. Unhealthy. Where it goes from here, well, that's what we need to find out. We have and continue to correlate unhealthy behavior with less than ideal outcomes. I did that just recently with Eurodollar futures focused on 2011. That's the video link below me. I highly recommend that one. As always, I thank you very much for joining me. Check out the Christmas sale at Eurodollar University, still ongoing for a little bit longer. And until next time, take care.